Did you get that? I'm so Also, ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. You only understand train station? It's all Greek to me. Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and Phelan. Welcome back everyone to another episode. We're happy to have you here. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes. We're happy to be back. It makes me th the, the response of just yes makes me think of a story from uh, one of my coworkers who was dealing with um, it was a German coworker and dealing with uh, someone else within Europe who didn't speak much English but claimed mm -hmm. to speak English, and uh, he asked the guy at one point, "How are you doing?" And the guy responded, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I feel bad for the person because they were probably just trying their best. Yeah, but yeah. was that work related? Yeah, it was okay. it was work related. I mean, it was fine in the end. It just is a funny story. But when you, when the awkward pause and then just yes, yes, <laughs> or when someone asks you like, so do you like this better or that? Yes, yes. <laughs> it makes me think of I don't know if this happens to you sometimes too. If you're like at a concert, I had a specific uh, incident once when I was at a concert and someone was asking me something and I just go, oh yeah, like I nod my head and like yeah, and they look at me and like. Because you don't understand a <laughs> yeah. single thing. <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah, and they just looked at me like side-eyed, like you didn't understand what I was saying. And I was like, no. oh, no, yeah, yeah. And they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely happened to me before at like clubs and those kinds of situations too. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. speaking of work, how is your new job going? It's like yes. day uh, two? It's, it's day two, uh, and that's probably why I seem a little loopy right now. <laughs> is because I am not used to working so much anymore. So it uh, has been an adjustment, but it's going well. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the second day, so still lots to learn and people to meet and everything. But so far, so good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I'm sure Thank you can't you. really tell that much yet, but if the people are nice and it's going exactly. well so far, is it just like an onboarding week pretty much? Yeah, it's an onboarding week. So it's just a lot of sitting in Zoom meetings, learning about mm -hmm. the company, learning about techno the technology and... Um, yeah. really informative stuff it's really cool i'm excited about it it's just a lot, a lot. of sitting there yeah for sure and then also there's like so many people you're meeting so just like both on the hour side like just how how many hours you're spending with this but also the mental load you, you just have yeah. to learn so many things so many people faces names yeah. i think that's very overwhelming for anyone yeah like today i, I was in the office for the first time and I mean, when I arrived, I basically said hi to everyone and introduced myself to everyone. I didn't remember a single name. Yeah. <laughs> Just like too many. That's how it always goes for me. Yeah. Completely But normal, though. How was your last trip that you did uh, before the good old you days. went back? Yeah. <laughs> before you went the good back old days, into the work, -work. life. <laughs> uh, super nice. Super nice. I was... Um, I, I think I talked about the, the trip that I was going to go on it. Um, yes, you did. Yeah. But yeah, Lübeck was super, super nice, really be beautiful city up near uh, the Baltic coast. And then Poland just was super nice. We had this big Airbnb, super, I keep saying super nice, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a very pleasant experience. It was, was like, like a, a villa, basically. Yeah, it was like a big villa. It was like this old farmhouse that had been renovated. And if you include the basement, it was four stories. So you had like the ground floor, first floor, second floor, or in the US, we would say first floor, second floor, third floor, and then the basement finished like with the game area, had a sauna, wow. had a heated pool with a, uh, and this is, I still need to look up the translation for this, but a Gegenstromanlage. So like you could basically like swim. It was a sm relatively small pool, but you could use it as kind of like a lap pool because it developed a current for you that you could swim into. There's a nice outdoor space with 
like a fire pit and an outdoor dining area under like a villa or like a pet pavilion. Mm-hmm. They had bikes that we could use. They had two Vespas we could use to ride around. And the beach was quite close too. So it was it was all around super nice. It sounds super luxurious, but it was a big group of us. So it actually wasn't, it was quite affordable when yeah. you divide it up uh, based off of the group. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was a, it was a really fun time. And I was glad to be back in Munich, but I got a little sick um, while I was there too. Because like I said, it was a heated pool, but it was in northern Poland on the Baltic Sea. So uh, it wasn't necessarily the warmest at at night when we were in the pool too. So you can still kind of hear it in my voice and I've been talking a lot too. So, but yeah, all in all, really nice trip. Yeah, that, it sounds amazing. And I saw a few pictures and video yeah. clips and it, I'm really jealous because like yeah. when Niklas still lived in the US, he did a few things for his birthday here, like I think twice or three times, maybe twice, where yeah. we all went on a trip uh, for his birthday somewhere like within the US and I was always able to go. And now yeah. that he's back in Germany, you can still go because yeah. you're in Germany, but I can't go. And that that's really sad because that sounds amazing. And you said- And they're like, always I mean, really fun trips with him too. Yeah, and you told me the price too. That was like really cheap. What did you say? Yeah, like hundred like, something. Yeah, for person. three nights it was one hundred and fifty per person for the so, Airbnb, and then of for course the Airbnb. like yeah, food and everything. But I mean, even even with the food, it was I think I paid one ninety for the whole trip. Wow, so super and cheap. then and then getting there, or was that included? That like was for included. gas and everything. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Americans can only only dream of those prices. Well, okay. But... <laughs> I, I say I had to I had to take my train to to Lubeck. I saved a lot of money by taking a train because it was mm-hmm. forty Euros um from Munich to uh Hamburg. Mm-hmm. Then I used the Deutschland ticket, which is uh um something new. I don't think we've talked about it in the podcast before yet, but I think Americans. we talked about it maybe last year because they did like this test run last summer mm-hmm. for it. But now it's when like it was a the new nine thing. euro ticket. Now yeah. it's forty nine euros per month, and you can use all regional trains and public trains, like um, like city public transportation for free. Well, not for free, but for the subscription service for forty nine euros. So all I over just, Germany. All over Germany. Yeah. So I just had to pay for the fast train from Munich to Hamburg, and I took a regional train for free, mm-hmm. quote unquote to Lübeck so it was 40 to get to Hamburg and 40 to get back to Munich and then the 190 for the trip itself so yeah mm-hmm. it was a it was it was a really nice time uh, for a relatively affordable price yeah that's awesome i've never been to poland so yeah i mean i say i was in poland and i technically was and like the but i mean i was there with a whole bunch of germans at an airbnb mostly it wasn't like we were really out in any town it was more of like a small Mm -hmm. village so i didn't really feel like i got too much of the polish culture i got to experience much of that um but technically i was in poland yeah yeah you were still there it counts yeah yeah exactly (laughs) well cool um so today we wanted to talk about a topic that has to do with us moving abroad and like the things that we did the first few weeks or months that we moved abroad um so we want to talk about things that we had never done before I moved to the U.S. and you, Josh, moved to Germany or the first time you went to Germany. Yeah, I was going to say some of these are probably (laughs) some of these, I guess, technically I did before officially moving here two and a half years ago, but I hadn't done before being to Germany. Yeah. And this is actually something that I have talked about on my YouTube channel before. So I'm going to link that video somewhere. But I also try to come up with a few other points that I didn't mention in the video. So, yeah. Do you want to start with your first point on your list josh 
Yeah, I mean, and we've probably mentioned some of these before, but this is a nice consolidated list for you guys. Yeah. But I would say for me, the first thing I would mention is like taking public transportation. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure about wording it that way because in the U.S., I've taken like the school bus mm-hmm. or I'd I'd been on a plane before, which I guess technically is public transportation too. But when it comes to like city transportation, like being on a subway, I hadn't been on a subway before that to my recollection mm-hmm. um, before being in Germany, taking like a city bus. I don't remember taking a city bus in the U.S. really ever. Not um, even bef- like within Cincinnati, like once, like you'd never been on that so. bus. I don't think so. Ah, I don't I really don't think so before the first time I had been to Germany uh-huh. and then especially taking a train. Had you ever been to Chicago or something t- taking the metro there or I don't I don't think before having been to Germany. Okay interesting. Yeah I really don't think so because <laughs> I'd been to Chicago before but nobody yeah, you it was don't a school have trip. to take it was a school trip so we mm-hmm. we had like a, a, a bus like a charter bus that drove us around mm-hmm. um, and then other than that it was like Ubers and stuff like that but yeah I mean in the US you you can get around with like Uber and all of that type yeah. of stuff um, so going like public transportation isn't the first your go-to yeah so I would say that was a huge first for me like taking an S I remember sitting in Berlin for the first time, like in the S-Bahn. And I was like, oh, this Uh is so cool. (laughs) So that's what you thought? You didn't think it was like weird or gross? No, no, no. I was super excited. I was like, this is a really cool experience. Like, and I was with a group too. And I remember thinking, oh, oh no, we actually, someone, we did miss someone. Like someone forgot to get off and then we had to go pick them up. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. It it was a fun experience though. So So this was a school trip or like with your... Yeah. The first time I was ever in Germany was 2014. It was a school trip. So with your German teacher. Um, yep, exactly. So uh, that was definitely a first. And yeah, I mean, of course, in the U.S., that's not, it really depends on your region. Um, oh, yeah, but for in sure. Midwest, if you live in New York, you've yeah. definitely used the New York exactly. subway before. And you probably think very little of it because I know that like New Yorkers always like shit on the subway because it's so yeah. like old and dirty and there's weirdos i mean a a lot of people obviously like depend on it every single day but i know that compared to german public transportation it's a lot dirtier and has like a a worse reputation i would say but yeah that's my that's my first what about you my first thing is i have never um gotten like school or university merchandise before (laughs) moving to the u.s (laughs) you never had anything from that's so at least such a foreign concept to me I've never gotten it myself. I have okay. one LMU backpack that everyone, every S semester, everyone who started school there got for free. Okay. Um, that's it. <laughs> and I, maybe there was like a pen or something in the backpack yeah. as well. I don't remember. But they did have a shop or they do still have a shop that belongs to the university where you can buy stuff like that. I mean, the choices or the selection is way smaller than it would be at one of those American stores anyway. But the products technically exist, at least like t-shirts and Mm -hmm. coffee mugs and stuff like that. But I don't know a single person who would ever like go in there and buy something (laughs) like that because this is not something you do in Germany. You don't, first of all, high schools don't even have that kind of stuff. So that's not even an option anyway, or at least my school didn't. And I can't remember other schools having that. Maybe private high schools have it Mm -hmm. in Germany. Um, But that is just not a thing. I mean, it has to do with the sports culture that we don't really have school sports or at least not to that extent, where Mm -hmm. everyone wants to wear something. Like, we don't have, like, a logo that's really 
well known and represented and everyone yeah. doesn't feel like they need to identify with the school when they go to a game or something like yeah. that. Like honestly for my school that I went to, I don't even know what the logo was. <laughs> Like I'm sure I would probably recognize it if I yeah. saw it, but off the top of my head, I cannot. I don't even know. Uh, no, I know what it. It's like the. I mean, you talk about going to. Oh, LMU. for from LMU, I I know that, but. Ah, uh, you mean like your high school? I mean, I mean my high school, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, LMU, I definitely know, but like yeah. my high school, because that's that's just not something yeah, you yeah. ever see, unless like maybe when they sent out. Like newsletters, like printed okay. letters to the parents. Maybe yeah, it was yeah. on, on the in the top corner, but it's just not something that they have anywhere in the school, really. Yeah. Like you just don't come across it ever. So that's probably number the number one thing because when I first moved here, I mean, obviously, um, I was an exchange student, and that was part of the whole experience being a student in the U.S. was getting that merch, going to the University of Cincinnati bookstore, and they have everything there they have even branded like apple products and stuff like yeah, that yeah. or at least cases and think phone cases and stuff like that but they have everything every jersey for every sport that they have a team for every kind of product like even if it's just a notepad or something like that you can get everything branded yeah. with uc branding and you, Do I, you I, remember... I don't even think uc is like the biggest school for that there's other oh, schools sure that go way crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what the first thing was that you bought? I think, I mean, I don't have that many because I was still uh -huh. a little bit German yeah. at heart, but I think the first thing was a hoodie because it was okay. fall and I think I needed something to wear to like go to That's one a good of those option. games. That's so a good have, option. And I still have it. It's a red hoodie with mm -hmm. the logo. Very, um, like uh, very obvious, like it stands out because it's completely red. <laughs> so yeah. it's not like a subtle piece of merch. <laughs> um yeah, and I, f I feel like other stuff we even got for free at the beginning, too. Mm -hmm. Like, there was always free t-shirts. Yeah, you get, you get like, like, yeah, the, you just, there's no avoiding it when you go to a yeah. American university. That's <laughs> so that's funny. definitely a big one. Had never done that and was never going to do that in Germany because that's, it's just not cool. It's mm -hmm. not something that people do. If you do it, it's, it's kind of awkward and you wouldn't really wear a university or high school t-shirt if they have high school t-shirts. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't really wear it in everyday life. Whereas here, people do wear those shirts just yeah. like as regular, everyday, casual clothing. Yeah. yeah. So what's your next one? Drinking alcohol in public or like in public mm -hmm. spaces, I guess mm -hmm. technically I've had it in public, like at bars and stuff, but like in a park, just on the street, like places where there are open container laws in the US that would prevent you from being able to do that. Mm -hmm. I definitely did that for the first time in Germany. And that was a really cool experience. Like I remember sitting in a park and this kind of goes with, I can mention it as well, like Having grilled cheese, which is something that's very, uh, it's grillkäse it's not, in German, not grilled. Yeah, it's not cheese. a grilled cheese sandwich, yes. but it's actually cheese that you put on the grill. Exactly. But I remember like, like just the idea of sitting in a park grilling, like people bringing their grill with them, sitting around mm -hmm. in a park, drinking alcohol, drinking a beer, grilling in the park, like that vibe, that whole thing, that whole experience I hadn't had before being in Germany. And I think the first time I did that was when I lived in Erfurt. Mm -hmm. Did you do it with yeah. colleagues or? Uh, no, with my, with my with uh, my uh, roommates because I lived in oh, the okay. VK then. So nice. Yeah, it was it was super nice, and I that's still one of my favorite things about Germany. And like, if you're going to a party or you have like your Feierabendbier, they have different names for. Uh, I I can think of two different names. Maybe no other uh, names for this thing um Feli, but like when you're 
on your way somewhere and you're having a beer, I know either a Vegbia, so like a a Vegbia is like a beer for the way, basically, or a Fusspils. Yeah. Uh, have you heard that before? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is like, Pils is like a Pilsner and Fuss means foot. Uh, so it's a, it's a Pilsner that you drink when you're going by foot, but it's also a play on words because it is kind of also how you say athlete's foot in Germany. So, yeah. Athlete's foot? Yeah, like a, is that what that is called? I mean, like a like a fungus on your foot, right? Yeah, I just I didn't know that that was the English term for it. Let's <laughs> uh, see. Now you're making me wonder. Athletes, I'll look it up and then get back to you. Mm, what a nice description. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like Wegbier is more common, at least in Munich. Yeah. Um, and it probably also goes um in yeah, it's hunt athletes' foot. Um, it probably goes along with the fact that in southern Germany, we don't drink as much Pilsner. Exactly. So I feel like I've mostly heard that from people outside of Bavaria, at least yeah. the Fußpilz part. Um, but yeah, that's a very common thing. Like, a, yeah, like a, like a pregame drink that you take with you on the way. And that happened to me a few times in the US where like I would go to all these college parties and you would always pregame. So Vorglühen yeah. at someone's place and then go to the actual party or go to the club or whatever the first few weeks i sometimes just forgot about it and yeah. i would just casually have my beer in my hand because i wasn't done with the beer as we were leaving so of course you just you just bring it and you just yeah. finish it on the way that's at least what my german brain was thinking and i forgot about it and i remember there was one moment where we were all on the way walking to this party or something and I, suddenly i realized I was like, oh my god <laughs> like, i was freaking i was like oh my god i have my beer in my hand and it was panically like looking around yeah I was like, is there any cops here? And I asked my, my friends that were with me. I was like, am I going to get in trouble for this? And they were like, no, just like kind of hide it underneath your... Yeah, I mean, like especially around universities, like, you just have, just don't, you can't, just don't be stupid about it. It's kind of yeah. what it comes down to. But yeah, I mean, I, I didn't do it in the US. So that was a first for me when I was in Germany. Yeah. And that's a big thing too. Like, for example, my brother's girlfriend, just this past weekend, she celebrated her birthday and they just all met up in the park. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, where are you celebrating your birthday? Just like in the park, everyone brings some beer, maybe grill or something like that, as you mm -hmm. said. And that way you can use public spaces as your, if, if you don't have a yard, like many yeah. people in German cities do or don't, don't do. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, then you can just use the park for those kinds of things and you don't have to worry about laws and stuff like that but at the first few weeks I, I wasn't sure how strict this is like i wasn't yeah. sure can i get arrested for this or what's gonna happen if they catch me with my beer in my hand in the u.s i'm i'm, yeah. I'm saying like that one time that i was freaking out but over time i realized that some people like do this on purpose in the u.s mm -hmm. too like they'll just hide it in their coat pocket or yeah. something like that and if you get caught it's not that big of a deal usually yeah usually. It, it really just depends It's not like you're going to go to jail for it, I think. But don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't know. <laughs> don't do it. it. Yeah, I really don't know. Maybe but you will, but I think idea. most of the time they'll just give you a warning and yeah. take but it But still, you don't want that on your record. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> but for me, I was like, oh my God, am I going to be deported? I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get that for sure. I think <laughs> this wasn't on my list, but like being so afraid of the police like in the US I'm like oh mm -hmm. like I know how to do I know how to interact with the police especially being a white male it's like I mean I'm not really that concerned about yeah, too many police that, interactions that white privilege in the US yeah and it's also just my home country so yeah. like I, I never was really afraid of the police and it's not that I'm afraid of the police in Germany but I'm much much more aware of like 
I need to do things by the rules Mm -hmm. because I'm in a foreign country, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. But I hadn't experienced this anxiety about like, am I doing something wrong? Are the authorities watching? Yeah. Like I do here in Germany sometimes. Yeah, even though I would argue that the police in Germany is usually not um, feared as much by people, but I understand your position of being like this Mm -hmm. foreigner who doesn't really know how things are handled here. And especially being the foreigner, you just feel like you're going to get in trouble more easily because they're going to be like, what are you doing in our country not following our rules? So yeah, I totally get that. Sorry, but I jumped ahead now. Uh, What what do you have next on your list? Um, Okay, getting groceries at 1 a.m. That one is pr- I mean, pretty cool Ooh. and also pretty crazy to Oh, me. I miss that. <laughs> I miss it. There are some grocery stores in the U.S. that are open 24-7, including some like Walmarts or Kroger's or whatever grocery store. Not all of them. And I think I said this recently in a podcast episode. I feel like ever since COVID, it's actually reduced significantly. Like some mm-hmm. Kroger's around here that used to be open 24-7 reduced their hours during COVID and then never went back. Yeah. Um, so some of them are only, quote unquote, open until like 11 now mm-hmm. or until one or something like yeah. that, which is still for Munich hours still pretty late because in Munich, everything closes at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And not so in other parts of Germany. I think the longest is maybe 10 p.m. in other parts of Germany that regular yeah, stores, grocery right. stores close. But yeah, I remember that like that was during my exchange semester that at one point, I think me and my roommates Maybe I don't remember if it was before we went to a party or afterwards or why Mm -hmm. we were even trying to get something at that time of the night. But I do remember that we walked into the grocery store and just got regular groceries. Just like we got some bread, we got some ice cream and everything is just the same as during the day. You have your whole produce section and there were some people that were actually getting groceries. Yeah. And which I understand, like if you're working during the day, for example, if you work shifts or something, it makes sense. But I was like, what is going on here? This (laughs) feels so wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Your brain just couldn't process it. (laughs) No. But no, I miss that. It's an adjustment to not be able to go grocery shopping kind of whenever you want. Yeah. But I'm used to it. Get a milkshake. And isn't UDF open 24 7? I think so. Or do they close? I think so. so. Or most of them. UDF, um, it's United Dairy Farmers, is kind yeah. of a local yep. chain um, and their gas stations, but also like dairy farmers, like they have like little grocery stores, but they also have ice cream yeah. and milkshakes and stuff like that. Is yeah, that it's right? kind of, yeah, it, <laughs> it's kind of like a hodgepodge mix of, uh, of stuff. A bunch of there. different things, but, but they're yeah. um, they're from Cincinnati, right? Yeah, it's a Cincinnati, it's only in Cincinnati, or mm-hmm. at least only in like the greater like Cincinnati, Cincinnati area. and greater Cincinnati area. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Which those places, know. for example, I'm pretty sure they're twenty uh, open twenty four seven, and you can just get a milkshake at any time yeah. of the night. <laughs> I love it. And I love it. Th- yeah, that, and those milkshakes are amazing too. So <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> okay, that was my my second point. What do you have next? Well, now I feel like I'm on my fifth point, but um, I would say my next one that's worth mentioning is seeing people nude in public. Yes. I know that you recently came out with a a video on this Mm -hmm. uh, on your your YouTube channel. And the first time I experienced it was when I was here in Munich, actually, and walking through the English gardens, Mm -hmm. uh, English garden. And I was walking with some friends and then all of a sudden we just... There were a whole bunch of nude people there. I was like, what is going on? It was like, it was such a weird experience for me. But uh, you would never see that in Cincinnati or really in most places in the U.S. Except Mm -hmm. that maybe like some nude beaches. 
But even yeah. then, it's not like those aren't really things that you stumble upon. Like, exactly. They're usually like clearly labeled and kind of yeah. in their own little section. I also, when I did that video, um, mm-hmm. I did some research on it. And apparently there's like whole nudist resorts and stuff in the U.S. because the culture mm, is mm-hmm. still there, the nudist yeah. culture. Um, but they're more just usually among themselves. They're not so yeah. much mingling with the rest of the <laughs> of the public. Whereas in Germany, yeah. you'll yeah, it's just going to be combined. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the nudist areas are usually kind of right next to where the regular areas are. Yeah, but that was a that was a huge surprise for me. I was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> didn't expect that. Yep, and you'll see that. I mean, you'll see that at the Isa too. You'll see yeah, that they, lakes, mm-hmm. yep. um, beaches, like all kind. And as you said, city parks. Even not all of them. I don't no. think other city parks in Munich necessarily have FKK areas. So FKK stands for Freikörperkultur, which means free body culture, which is mm-hmm. kind of that the overall term in, in Germany for that. But so in English, it would be nudism or yeah. what was it? Naturism. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, there's definitely city parks where you can find it. Yeah, it was super confusing to me. It would be weird <laughs> if it's not allowed in other parks, though, because you think that they would want that to be in like the parks that are a little further out from the city center, not right in the center of the city. But... Yeah, I'm just more thinking like, I don't know if like, for example, in like Westpark and other little bit bigger parks, if I remember yeah. seeing an FKK area there, there yeah. might be. Um, but I definitely know that in the English Garden, that's like yeah. a pretty common thing where sometimes you just happen to like sit down somewhere. Like I've, that's happened to me and my friends where we were like, oh, this is such a nice spot. Nobody's here. And then suddenly like three minutes later, there's a naked person right next to you. And then you see that there is a sign somewhere. But also, even when there's no signs, it's much more common to just yeah. see not fully naked people, maybe, but at least like women sunbathing mm-hmm. topless, for yeah. example. That even happens in the regular mm-hmm. areas. Yeah, sometimes it's a, it, it definitely was something that I hadn't seen in the U.S. before. Yeah, <laughs> and I I saw that because we put the list that we both wrote down on uh-huh. the Google Drive. So I saw your list. You also wrote down saunas. Yeah, that was also something. I mean, like growing up, the tennis club that I played in, they had a little sauna in mm-hmm. in like the the locker room. But I never used it, nor do I think it was particularly popular. So yeah, the first time I ever was in a sauna was in Germany. In what context? Um, At the gym. Also, like I have some friends who have had home saunas that I've been to. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just a completely different experience. Um, I mean, I didn't know it from the US, but I know that people don't walk around naked, (laughs) especially in mixed saunas. The sauna at the gym is a mixed sauna. Um, so that wasn't an adjustment. I mean, I'm used to it now and I don't really have a problem with it. But at first you're like, whoa, okay. So it's mixed and also you have to be naked, I'm assuming. Yes. Or... So yeah, yeah, I didn't mention that. I mean, it doesn't, I don't, no, yeah, it's, it's a textilfreie Zone. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so uh, 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 a cloth-free zone. <laughs> you can so, yeah. wear your towel, though. Exactly. Probably, I mean, right? I, I, I wear my towel, but there are quite a few people who don't. Yep. <laughs> That's what I said in my video. I was like, the good thing is you don't have to be fully exposed if you don't want to, but don't be surprised if other people do. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) Yep, that's the whole thing. Are you a fan of saunas? Because I'm personally not so much. I like them. Yeah, I do. It's it's really nice. I I, I enjoy it. That was a cool thing. Uh, I mean, the sauna in in Poland wasn't particularly nice, but I also mentioned that I was in um, Austria uh, a few Mm -hmm. months ago skiing, and there was a sauna in the Airbnb there too. Oh, so nice after a long day of skiing just to go in there and just relax very nice yeah so do you think sauna culture is also just bigger over yeah. over there definitely okay. definitely 
for sure. I mean, I know that that's a big topic for people like who move over there, that just going to the sauna is such a common thing where you're like, Mm -hmm. I never go to the sauna, but there's definitely saunas everywhere. Like um, most swimming pools, for example, even public pools have an area where it's like Mm -hmm. a sauna or um, sauna and dump baths. Yeah. So what is a dump bath? Steam room. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So those... Amenities are pretty common at like pools and hotels and spas and those kinds of things. So, like yeah. if you go to like the water park uh, outside yep. of Munich, the Tame adding, for mm-hmm. example, like everything that's a Tame, like we talked about a few episodes ago, yeah. um, they usually have something like that, like a, a sauna and stuff like that. And as you said, some people have that in their house as well. My aunt, yeah. for example, when they built their house, like. I don't know how many decades ago, um, they put a sauna in the basement. They don't yeah. use it anymore, but I think they used it like for the first however many years because it was cool and new. Yeah. Um, they don't really use it anymore, but they they have it because yeah. it's like it's like and a like thing that people, people have consider. like really small ones too, like mm-hmm. they, like two or three people can fit in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they just have in their basement. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what about you? What's what's next on your list? Let's see. Okay, uh, getting into money. Maybe mm. I can summarize these two things. The one thing is I had never written a check or seen a check before I came to the U.S. And I feel like I don't have to say anything about this topic <laughs> anymore because I've explained yes. it so many times. Um, so if you're curious about that, you got to have to listen to one of the other episodes. The other thing is I didn't have a credit card before I came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the first credit card that I actually had was a German one, but I only got it for moving to the U.S. because I knew that I needed a credit card in the U.S. So I got a credit card from my German bank um, and actually got two because someone told me, well, in case you lose one, which can Mm. happen kind of a lot, especially if you're doing your exchange semester and you're partying and whatever, um, you should probably get two credit cards so that in case you you keep both of them in your wallet or did you keep one at home? I think I always kept one at home. That's okay. a good question because I I definitely never usually brought my wallet when I went out in the U.S. Ah, Okay, true. yeah, that that was another thing too. Actually, like I in Germany, I would never really leave my home without my my wallet, mm-hmm. even when going to the club and stuff. I mean, sure, sometimes I would maybe just pack the the necessary stuff, but there's so many cases where you need um, cash mm-hmm. that, like, mm-hmm. I feel like, except for really going clubbing and going to Oktoberfest or something like that, where yeah. a big wallet is hindering, um, except for those occasions I would usually bring my entire wallet because you don't yeah. want to have to carry on all the change and stuff like that yeah. especially if you're a woman you don't have big pockets blah 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 but um <laughs> in the U.S. you never really need cash even when you go mm. out to the bars and stuff like they all accept credit cards or any or debit cards any yeah. kind of plastic um so I would usually just pack my ID and a card and that's it I would just yeah. have two cards and that's all I needed for the whole night usually which was different from going out in Germany but the whole credit card thing is just you don't really need one in Germany. They're not very common in Germany. I mean, they're definitely mm-hmm. getting more common. Um, but you don't usually need one for everyday life or for online shopping, sometimes for online shopping. But nowadays, it's usually you can use PayPal and other um, payment yeah. options or even just or wiring the card. money. Um, yeah, I feel like debit card in Germany, at least it's Seekarte. I don't really think you can use that a lot for... I use my regular, I don't, it's not an ATA kata, but I have used Mm -hmm. my regular debit card that I got from my bank for all my online purchases like that. Okay. Not everyone had, at least back in the day, I think it's becoming more common, but not every German bank account gives you an actual debit card that is like a Visa or some, one of those brands, Mm -hmm. um, debit card. So like, at least for me, like at Sparkasse, Mm -hmm. I always only had an ATA kata, so the Maestro. 
um, mm-hmm. which and is you could, not... But you could use that to get money from an ATM, but not... Yes, and you can pay at the stores usually, yeah, too. Yeah, certain stores. Um, I mean, most most stores mm-hmm. that, like, accept cards, but it's not a, an international debit card. So, yeah. like, if I brought it to the U.S., I think I, I would be able to pull money with it, but they wouldn't really accept it everywhere because, mm-hmm. like, for online shopping, I don't think it has all the all the requirements that you can use it for online shopping. Not 100% sure about yeah. that one, but I remember, like, um, basically what I'm trying to say is... When people do, most people do have a card, but it's not necessarily yeah. a credit card in Germany where you actually take out credit, basically, where you yeah. pay with money that isn't coming right from your bank account. So that's how a credit card works, right? That you have a certain credit limit and you can spend that money without actually spending it. So you're basically taking a credit with your bank. And then at the end of the month or whenever you want to, you pay the debt back to the to the bank, yeah. basically, which is a super common thing in the U.S. And I remember back in the day, I never understood how in these movies, in these American movies, when they, like, there were always these shopping scenes where they would, like, take out four different credit cards or something like that and be like, oh, it's okay. Like, I have, I'm rich, basically, because I have five different credit cards. Or so just put yeah. it on the credit card. It doesn't matter. I never understood back in the day mm. how that worked, because I was like, wait, but even if you pay with card, <laughs> you need to have the money. Um, but no, that's not how credit cards yeah. work. Um and the funny thing is even a lot of German credit cards, they're, they're credit cards officially, so they you can use them in the U.S. as a credit card, mm-hmm. but they technically in the background don't work like a credit card. So like the first one hmm. that I got was a prepaid credit card, which is like you book money – like this was for my German bank. You mm-hmm. book money like – onto the to the card mm-hmm. and then you use it as a credit card so like all the different places in the US will recognize it as a credit card yeah. but I'm not actually taking a credit with my bank I already mm. prepaid the money you know what I mean like it's yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I, I had something <laughs> similar with my first credit card in the US oh okay um, where it was something that was offered for people who didn't have any credit history but like mm-hmm. or like had a poor credit history um, basically you would front or like um yeah, you would basically pay the bank or say, here's the money that I want to be my credit limit. Yeah, yeah. They would hold on to that and then you would use it as a credit card and still pay yeah. it back and everything. But that money was always in the background in case you couldn't uh, okay. pay off your credit card. So it was like okay. a safe way of beginning to learn how to use a yeah. credit card. But it's not. it doesn't sound like it's quite the same thing that you had. But Not 100%, but basically I was just trying to get to the point that... Credit cards aren't very common in Germany. They're not really yeah. needed in a lot of cases and not a lot of people feel the need because we talked about how Germans don't really like to be in debt. Um, yeah. Not a lot of people feel the need to have a credit card for the purpose of spending money that they don't have. Yeah. Now, <laughs> when you come to the US, um, that's a different story sometimes because sometimes you need a credit card for certain things. I remember that, for example, um, for like renting a car mm-hmm. and stuff like that. At least back in the day, it was kind of difficult to do it without a credit card. And yeah, basically that's why when I first came here, I made sure that I got a credit card. And then later on when I decided to stay here, um, this is also part of my point is not just getting one, but also getting several credit cards <laughs> just to build the credit score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we talked about the credit score in our in our one episode about money and yeah and student loans and stuff like that. It's this whole system where you basically need to take out loans in the U.S. in order to get a larger credit score or higher credit score that then allows you to do take like do different things, like get a mortgage from the bank, um, 
get a loan on a car or yeah. even for insurance. Like when I first got my car insurance, they quoted me a higher rate because my credit score was low because yeah. I had never taken out any loans in the U.S. Um, Which now so, that I think about that, that's kind of crazy for car insurance, you know? Like, yeah, like why? Like you have no reason. I, I, like, you, I never, when I lived in the U.S., I never used to question it because it's just so normal. But now that you mentioned that, I'm like... It doesn't have anything to do with car insurance unless there's mm -mm. some sort of, I'm sure there's probably actually some sort of correlation between people who have better credit scores being better drivers, at least would be my um, my thought process. But that's so weird. I know. I, th I think it's pretty random. And that's why also I, at the beginning, when I first knew that I was going to stay here a little bit longer, I didn't start building my credit score right away because I was like, I'm not, I'm not trying to take out any credit. Yeah. Like, I don't think I ever need that I don't plan on you know doing that here anytime soon but I didn't realize that it had an impact on those other things mm -hmm. like like car insurance I knew that I was buying a car I was buying a used car in cash like I didn't need to take out a loan for it mm -hmm. um, but then that came around and I was like ah damn it so then I went ahead and got a bunch of credit cards <laughs> well not a bunch I got one first then I got my second one like two months later or so because the more credit cards you have the more debt you're basically putting on like if you use the credit cards you're basically um using double the the credit double the loans and then um you build your credit score faster yeah there's a whole way to game the system a little bit it's, yeah it's uh, weird it's weird basically weird the way to build your your score in the u.s is you have to take out those loans but then pay them off so basically i would just then instead of paying stuff with my regular debit card i would pay it with my credit card and just pay it off right away so yeah. like for me on my end there was like no difference really yeah. in the money i was spending but i was putting it on the credit card paying it off right away which then shows them that you're responsible a responsible yeah. loaner i guess is that the word yeah, I don't know. My brain isn't What's... working uh, for finance for <laughs> anyway, a finance talk right now. But this yeah. was the most complicated point I had on my list, so <laughs> we can move on now. Um, but I probably, if I still lived in Germany, I wouldn't even have a credit card, or I maybe I would have one for traveling or something. <laughs> I still like that, have my but... American one, but other than that, mm -hmm. I don't have a credit card in Germany. Dude, I have so many now. I know. I, have... <laughs> I mean, in the US, it makes sense because you get lots of different points. But I think we've covered this topic pretty extensively in the one yes. uh, finance episode. That's true. So if you guys we'll are interested, that. definitely go and check that one out. Yes. Okay. Your next point. My next point is, I don't think I'd ever had a soft boiled egg <laughs> before moving to Germany. Super That's random not... and very different than our previous topic. Ein weichgekochtes Ei. <laughs> Oder ein weiches Ei. <laughs> but I feel like it's super common, like in German breakfasts, to have yeah. like your little, you have like the little holder for the egg. Like it's like a little dish that the egg sits upright in. Yeah, it's an Eierbecher. You, yeah, and then you decapitate the egg. and uh, <laughs> Or what is the, there's also my, uh, give me one second. Okay. <laughs> so... I forget the exact name for this, but my roommates from my first flat, uh, my first uh, vacay here in Munich got me this. And it is called a, <laughs> what is it? Eier Sollbruchstelle Verursache, I think is the technical name for it. I think so. Hold on, let me. Yeah, Eier Sollbruchstelle Verursache. Yep, perfect. And it is a machine. You can see here, it, for those of you who are just listening, you'll have to go over to the uh, YouTube version to see what I'm talking about right now. But I'm holding this little, um, uh, it's it's basically a device that is used to to break open your soft-boiled egg in the place where it's supposed to be 
broken or opened. Uh So you put this on top of the egg and then you pull this up and then it snaps back down and it it like cracks the egg properly for you. I'd never seen one of these before, nor (laughs) had I had, I believe, um, a soft boiled egg, but I love them now. I never make them, but I really enjoy them. German engineering for you right there with that thing. And also just the name too. Yes, very long name. (laughs) Such a German name for it. Long and descriptive, but also it's like one of those things that you don't necessarily need. Like no, I know that a all. lot a lot of Germans probably swear by it. I, my family never had one because we would just take our knife yes, and just exactly. cut open the egg. <laughs> I've but never used it, but I have it. It's definitely a good thing to have, probably. It, it makes you more German. Next time that you have like a mm. appointment at the Behörde, just bring that and be like, look, I'm actually German at heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I know I don't have all the documents I need, but... <laughs> I got this. I have an Eierzollbruchstellen für Ursache. I mean, it doesn't get more German than that. <laughs> like, talk about integration. <laughs> yes. Um, for me as a kid, soft-boiled eggs were like the highlight of my weekend breakfast. Like, they so were good. so much fun to eat. And it's funny, too, because eggs are such a common thing to eat for breakfast in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you go to a restaurant, for example, and you have like a dish where it's like it's eggs with bread and slices of bacon or whatever, they'll always yeah. ask you, how do you want your eggs? Mm-hmm. But soft-boiled is not usually... A common it's option, not an there. option. I mean, I'm sure no. you could probably ask for it, but yeah, it's like mm, fried, scrambled. Know. Yeah, fried, scrambled, sunny side up. Yeah, it's. Uh, I forget all of the other options. I over easy scrambled. or something like that. Yeah, over easy. Uh huh. But like, we. I grew up having hard boiled eggs, mm-hmm. but not soft boiled eggs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's definitely a thing. And then as a kid, we would always, at least in my family, um, we would have a piece of toast with butter on it, put it, cut it in stripes, and then dip it into mm. the soft boiled egg. Strips, <laughs> that was yeah. my favorite childhood. Yeah, strips. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? Stripes. Huh. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> strips. Same difference. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, what's next on your list, Feely? Okay, here's a big one. Um, I had never, before I moved to the U.S., shot a gun. Ooh. Yeah, and then I I shot a gun. I can't believe I still can't believe that you shot a gun. D- didn't you go with um, another Sabina. German? Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I mean, it's not that baffling. I was just no. I never really felt the need to do it. Um, but she she was about to leave the U.S. She was only here for a year, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Hey, like before I leave, I kind of want to knock this off the bucket list. Yeah. Do you want to do it with me?" And I was like, "Sure." I've never done it myself, so yeah, we went. Um, and so now I can say that I've done that. Was it super easy for you to get that all organized? Did you go with Americans or was it just the two of you? It was just the two of us. And you just went to a shooting range, rented a gun, bought the ammunition and you you just go go? there and you just, it's like going bowling. You just go there. They ask you like (laughs) how many rounds, I guess you, or I don't fully remember how the pricing worked, but I think it's like how many rounds or so, or like how many guns do you need? Mm -hmm. I think we just got one for the two of us. Um, and then... Yeah, they just give you all the stuff that you need. They give you a quick introduction. I mean, they show you. They go in there with you at first, mm-hmm. and they show you how it works and, like, all the safety measures that you need to take. Um, and, I mean, they. I think they also watch you through the glass. Yeah, so, like, if you were normally, to be super unsafe, yeah. then they would come in and tell you, hey, you can't do this. Like, for example, obviously you can't point the gun at someone that's in the room with you and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you can pick which targets you want to use, too, mm-hmm. which we just used, like, a regular round target uh, yeah, um, and you can talking like, about this yeah yeah you can move it like further back or mm-hmm. closer up um and the person next to us was using a, a human shaped 
target. That's yeah. I mean, that's normally what I when I. I mean, I grew up kind of shooting, and yeah. I mean, it's normal to use. I mean, in the U.S., it's relatively normal to have one. It's not like it doesn't look like a human per se, but it's like the outline of a human. I mean, it has a head. It has the sh- yeah. yeah, and you have yeah. I mean, it's not like a detailed drawing of a human. Is basically what no, I'm saying. But no, no, still, no. no. I mean, it's, it's obvious not that you practice. Yeah. No, no. You can practice to shoot in the head if you want to. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was pretty fucked up from where I'm coming from. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, I mean, I understand. Like, for example, if you're actually training to, but I feel like you can t- train target with any target. You don't necessarily need to do it like that. But I guess yeah. if your goal is self-defense or whatever, military or whatever, and actually shoot a human at some point, um, that might make sense. But to me, that's still a very messed up concept that that is actually like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't ever want to shoot a human. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, but that. that was that was a very American experience, definitely. <laughs> that I would not have been able to just do in Germany. No, um, and definitely not that just, easily. No, and it's also one thing that a lot of Americans always ask about whenever I say I'm for yeah. stricter gun control. They're like, "Oh, you just have to go and shoot a gun. You'll notice that it's you don't have to be scared of the gun." It's like, yeah, even worse. <laughs> th- <laughs> you should th- be scared of the gun. <laughs> I think I've talked about this on the um, podcast before, but um, a few times back when I went to visit the US, I went shooting again. And I felt quite uncomfortable. I, I think mm-hmm. I mentioned it on the podcast. Um, but like, for me, it was so normal back when I lived in the US. And then I went back and like, none of these people seem to really be knowing or seem to really know what they're supposed to be doing in this shooting range. It just felt really, I felt really unsafe mm-hmm. there. Which I, I don't know why it was a weird sensation for me because I'd been to this gun range many, many times before. But all of a sudden, I was like, hmm, I don't feel comfortable here. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes yeah. your perspective changes yeah. after you move abroad for a while. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe we do two more each, Faley. And okay. uh, go ahead. Um, we can't end on, uh, on something like <laughs> no, no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but I would say next to my list was I, I'll say riding a bike to work slash for transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely love it. It's it's so nice. It's so nice. Um, I just remember when I was in Airfoot, uh, I didn't ride my bike to work, but I rode it for transportation all of the time or like mm-hmm. with my friends to go someplace. And that was something I just didn't really experience in the U.S. or I haven't experienced in the U.S. since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And I always equated it to like when I was in Airfoot. And even now when I ride with friends, it's just a weird experience that I'm not still not like a completely used to. Like, I almost feel like I'm in Harry Potter riding on broomsticks in a group of people. It's such a weird, such a weird analogy. Um, but I really, really enjoy it. Like you mean when you're with a group? Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It is cool. And I really enjoy it. And That's what I did every day going to school. We were always a group of like five girls or so mm-hmm. riding our bikes to school every day. And yeah, you, you're right. Because like you're kind of like sometimes you have to fall behind each uh-huh. other. If there's like someone coming your way, yeah. sometimes you can ride next to each other. Uh-huh. And it's you're kind of floating around in this group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's it's a great experience. And it's one of my favorite things about being here in, in Europe is being able to walk and ride my bike places. But I know you had a bike in the U.S. too, but you yeah. didn't necessarily ride it for transportation, basically. Is what you're uh, sometimes saying, right? I would try, but mostly I would ride it just for like sport or like mm-hmm. for exercise. I remember one time we even went together. I got our friend Cynthia's bike, I think, mm, for like mm-hmm. one day. And we took the bikes, we put them in the car, yeah, drove somewhere to the parking lot, yeah. then 
dropped off the bikes and then we like biked on this bike path and yeah. then we went back to the car which yeah. was like a super american experience for me because in germany you'll just obviously if you go on a bike tour you start at your house <laughs> exactly um, no that's a very american thing i feel like and it's sad because you kind of almost have to because riding a bike on some roads especially i don't know about in uh, other parts of the u.s but in the midwest people aren't used to seeing uh, cyclists on the road so it can be quite yeah. dangerous but i think it's yeah. a generally a u.s phenomenon as well yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's not a lot of bike lanes or bike racks. Like, yeah. th there's no infrastructure for bikes. I mean, I know that or in Oregon, for example, I think in, yeah, I think in Portland, for example, it's it's a little bit better. And I think then, Boulder, uh, Colorado is supposed to be really good for okay for cycling. Yeah. So yeah, you find I'm little hotspots. I know hot there are some hotspots, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that's on my list. Would you have anything else to add to that before telling us your next one? Um... No, I don't think so, but it's definitely one of the things that I miss, and I, I know we've mentioned it before, so mm. um, yeah, riding your bike is a lot of fun. It just makes you feel so free when it's like, that's mm. your way to work, or your way yeah. back from work, and it's pretty, and it's nice weather out. It can also suck sometimes if it's raining, or in the yeah. winter, because we would also ride our bikes to school in the winter, yeah. and that was not so much fun. No. <laughs> um, okay, next up, and this can be my last thing, and then maybe mm -hmm. I'll just like read you the rest of the list like briefly. Um, I had never used a tampon with an applicator. Mm, and now I know mm -hmm. that all the probably guys are going to be like, oh, my God, we're talking about tampons. I don't I don't know if I want to keep listening. Um, don't <laughs> Ooh, worry. It's not as disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's not as disgusting as you think. It's a regular human thing that half of our population has to deal with. Um, but tampons in the U.S., at least by default, are kind of different than the regular tampons mm -hmm. in Germany and other European countries because they're... Your tampon is like this cotton thing, right? And you just buy the cotton thing and, and then you just put it in with your fingers um, and kind of like a natural way. In the U.S., I think it probably goes together with like this whole fear of nudity and maybe it's also hygiene aspects. I don't know, but most tampons come with this huge plastic thing. And at first, because you don't see it at first, you just like mm -hmm. see the tampon wrap up, wrapped up in plastic. I've, I didn't and it's know like, what a tampon looked like. I mean, I didn't realize it was that small for the longest time because I'd only seen the... Yeah, the, the I mean, you'd think, what the, what the yeah. fuck are they putting in their bodies? Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically it's like, I don't, I'm so bad at guessing, but it's probably like 7 to 10 centimeters long in the U.S., mm -hmm. the whole thing, and it's wrapped in plastic, and then you open it, and then you'll notice that half of that is actually the applicator part. So, like, the tampon is wrapped in this plastic case, and the, it has, like, a stick or a... What would I describe that as? Like a long piece at the end that you then push to get the tampon out, basically. So it's like yeah. this this construction, of, like this mechanism of just like it's pushing almost like the a plunger out. type thing, yeah. Yes, exactly. And so um, you put that in your in your body, and then you you push it in, and then you take the plastic thing back out, and so you have this this little helper this little applicator that you then throw away though. So like to me, that seems like so much waste also because yeah. the thing, like first of all, the tamp all the tampons come in a box, of course, and then they're all wrapped separately and then inside yeah, the like wrapping you have more plastic. It's not like there's one applicator <laughs> per box. No, they're all, they already come in an yeah. applicator. So there's so much plastic waste. At the same time, like I understand it's, you don't have to wash your hands as much afterwards. Like, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> most women who have used the other tampons that are without an applicator say that it's completely unnecessary. And um, it's, I mean, I did it my whole life without one. And 
it's really not that big of a deal, but that was can that you, was a first. <laughs> can you get tampons without applicators in the U.S.? Is yes, it, you can if you look for them. Okay. I don't know yeah. if it's gotten more because I remember the first few like years that I was here, I didn't realize that some of the stores, I think Myers or Meyer, mm-hmm. uh, whatever mm-hmm. it's called, has um, the OB brand, the OB brand, that is the most common one in um, Germany and Europe. Okay. I would sometimes bring a full box of OBs mm-hmm. in my luggage with me to the U.S. And I still sometimes do because they're even the OBs here are slightly different than the ones in Germany. Yeah. Um, or I, you could order them on Amazon and stuff okay. like that. Um, but, yeah, also American tampons then act differently when they're in your body. And now we can, like, move on because now it's good. But they're kind of, like, falling apart more and, like, oh, wow. blowing up in a different – they're kind of built differently so that hmm. they, like, react in a different way, which I don't like that much. So I prefer German tampons. <laughs> Very interesting. But yeah, Very... that's that's my last point. <laughs> <laughs> I would say then my last point, and then I can do the same thing for like a few other, th- I have a few other points written down, but mm-hmm. we can go through them relatively quickly or just read them off. But um, the last one I would comment on is going through a summer without AC. Um, I'm lucky now that where I work in my my last two employers now, or my current and last employer, both had air-conditioned offices. Mm-hmm. But my first employer here in Germany, it was not an air-conditioned office. So um, I didn't have air conditioning at home. I didn't have air conditioning in the office. So I really went an entire summer without any air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um and it was an experience, you know, like <laughs> sitting there, having the, everyone having their fans blowing on them. It, it made you tough. <laughs> yeah, it was not a pleasant experience. It was quite yeah. a warm summer that year, too. Uh, but that's just unthinkable to Americans. Like, what do you mean there's no AC uh, is what the reaction I get all the time. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was I don't regret it. I'm glad that I've been able to experience it. And I realized like. It's doable. It's not pleasant, but it's doable. Yeah. Um, especially in Germany. I think if you were further south, it would not be doable. I mean, like you hear about people in Spain. I know they a couple people die almost every year in Spain from, from the heat. Um, so, I mean, but in Germany in general, you can, you can manage. Yeah. Um, that actually yeah. reminds me of the last episode of Ted Lasso. Um, it's a TV show mm-hmm. that was on Apple Plus and I loved it. And they just had the show the the series finale um a few days ago and it's about this american um football coach who comes to um england to coach a soccer team so br- british football um and at the end after these like three seasons he goes back all spoiler alert but he, he's on the plane <laughs> way to put the spoiler alert before the spoiler <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, I, I feel like that's not even the big, like you already know. If you've watched the, the show, you already know yeah. it ended. Um, so he goes back at the end and he's on the plane and he says, yeah, I, I learned a lot while being in London. Like one thing I learned is that having AC is not a right. It's a pl- privilege. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that, that's what that reminded me of. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but... And yeah, I mean, in, in Germany, like even with growing up without it, it's sometimes unbearable, especially at, I remember in school, like sometimes it was just insane to concentrate. Yeah. Do, I mean, do American high schools have AC? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. I, I would, I assumed so, but I, I wasn't I 100% sure. We, we have snow days and you guys sometimes have heat days. Yes. Hitzefrei. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it gets too hot. Well, you guys have snow days when there's one centimeter of snow on the ground. Or no, <laughs> or no, no snow. Cause they call it the night before and then the snow never comes. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we have Hitzefrei when it gets like above a certain degree for the full day because they're like, yeah, people can't concentrate in those temperatures. And then, of course, you're sitting in these classrooms where like maybe the sun is shining in through the windows and everyone's sweating because you're all teenagers. Like it's not a pleasant experience, yeah. as you said. And then also if you have a room or an apartment that's like, in the attic, like underneath the roof. Like I, for example, my my bedroom at, at my parents' mm -hmm. place that was like underneath the roof. Um, it gets really hot there, but Germans develop all these like really clever um, strategies to keep cool. Like for example, you have the whole method of closing your blinds and curtains yeah. at the right times of the day. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about this at one point. Yeah, in the morning fans. you open up all of the windows, get all of the cool air <laughs> and then close them, close the blinds, close the curtains, close everything. <laughs> yeah, then the you day. put up your fans, of course, like that's definitely a thing, uh -huh. and then you can put like wet towels or something in front of it to make it cooler. There's like all this, all this science about it yeah. <laughs> how to survive without an ac but honestly now that i live in the u.s with ac i definitely feel you especially in certain rooms and offices where it gets really hot yeah yeah, yeah for yeah. sure <laughs> it's um, difficult but yeah what else uh what else did you have on your list if you just want to read through the rest of them yes okay so i got um turn right on red like when driving we talked about that in our driving mm -hmm. episode that was something i'd never done before i came here I had never eaten from plastic utensils at a four-star hotel. <laughs> Going back to the thing that I talk about sometimes about the disposable You mean you, mean you don't like using plastic utensils, baby? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> but also, I was surprised that even at, like, nicer hotels, the breakfast buffet had those. Mm. Like, not necessarily for other meals, but for breakfast, that was always hmm. the go-to thing where they would have the disposable the cups and stuff like that. And the Interesting disposable plates anyway i had never squished all the bread at the store before i moved to the u.s now whenever i buy bread at the store i like go through and like i touch them all and see how how soft they are mm -hmm. most of them do not pass the test <laughs> <laughs> um i had never ordered a drink without ice because it's not necessary to do that mm -hmm. in germany mm -hmm. but here in the u.s that sometimes happens that i will order something and be like yeah but can i get that without ice please so that not Half of the drink is just ice cubes. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I had never paid for gas at the pump mm -hmm. at the gas station. Definitely talked about that one a few times. Yeah. That is a thing in Germany now, at least. I mean, maybe yeah. it was already a thing years ago. Um, but it's still not for super me, common. It's not super common. I think the only um, places where I've seen it uh, was outside of the city in more like rural mm -hmm. areas where they just don't really have maybe the employees or just don't want to or don't have as much traffic there that yeah. they need to have an employee or an attendant there the entire time. Um, so I did it. I, I've done it in Germany since, but I had never done it before I came mm -hmm. to the U.S. That was completely new to me and freaking, I thought it was freaking genius. Like how how <laughs> cool is it that I can just pull up to the pump, get my gas, well, pay first, I guess, put my credit card in first, get my gas. I don't have to talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about what I look like. I don't have mm -hmm. to get in line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that was pretty it's a nice cool. life. Yes, and lining up with the whole driving experience, I had never gone through a drive-through ATM or all the other mm. drive-through things that they have in the U.S. Pharmacy, liquor store, yeah, pharmacy, liquor, liquor store. Yeah, like you said. What else? Well, drive-through Starbucks and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I was obviously familiar with drive-through McDonald's, mm. but I thought it was genius that all these coffee shops and other places have it too. Um, so that was definitely a thing. And drive-through ATMs are kind of a common thing in my 
life now. Like oh, sometimes yeah. I have to deposit a check and it doesn't work on the app for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then I go to the ATM and deposit it there or whenever I do need cash, which doesn't yeah. happen a whole lot, but sometimes. Um, yeah. And then I usually go to a drive through one. And last but not least, I'd never punched a hole in the wall before I moved to the U.S. And disclaimer, I have never actually to the I was going to say, wait, what? <laughs> I've never punched a hole myself into the wall, but I have seen it happen. I've mm. literally witnessed it. And it's also happened to me that like um, I was like trying to screw something like in, at my old office in my old um, at my old place. Like, for example, I was I had these hooks in the ceiling, mm-hmm. like in the slanted ceiling. So it was drywall. And when I tried to put it in half the thing came crumbling down. <laughs> so I, I guess I kind of put a hole in it. Um, and like one time, for example, my roommate was moving into also that old house and they were trying to carry up the couch or the bed. Mm-hmm. It was a p- big piece of furniture and they were trying to carry it around the stairs and they all hit the wall with it and there was a pretty big hole in it afterwards. <laughs> so yeah, but I have also literally witnessed people punching the hall, the, yeah. the, hall, <laughs> the wall and it left a hole and that's also a big thing in movies yeah. and it's not something that works in Germany. If you try that, you're probably more likely to break your hand, so don't do it. Yeah, bad idea. That idea for sure. <laughs> it's actually like a really interesting thing. I might make a video about that at some point, but mm-hmm. just you experience it as soon as you're in the country. If you just see construction sites, you'll see American construction sites and it's all just wood, like yeah. just a wood skeleton that will then get drywall and all mm-hmm. other kinds of stuff. Whereas in Germany, if you see a house being built, it's going to be all brick or yeah. cement mm-hmm. or what's the other word for um, concrete? Concrete. concrete. Um, but most of the time it's bricks. And that you'll just see the brick walls coming mm-hmm. coming up. And um, yeah, even the indoor walls are usually brick, which makes it a lot harder to do like renovations and DIY stuff. Like I realized now that yeah. we do all this DIY stuff in our house, how nice it is with the drywall in terms of being flexible. It's not mm. nice in terms of insulation and those kinds of things. Like you can hear a lot through the walls and stuff, but you can just take a handsaw and cut a hole in your wall because it's mm-hmm. just this like really thin piece of drywall and then yeah. you can technically add a new um, outlet or light switch or whatever you mm-hmm. can pretty much do it yourself because after behind that thing the wall is hollow for the most yeah. part and so you can then like just use it to um, put a wire through it and move mm-hmm. stuff around so yeah for home renovations the flexibility it's really nice but i just ran into um, the issue here the other day when i was trying to hang something yeah, and like it's difficult <laughs> it's much more difficult in germany i feel like i need like a mm-hmm. like a jackhammer <laughs> you do you do that i mean you need a I know. bohrer and a bohrmaschine yeah. is what you usually need i mean depending on the walls you have i mean i was I able remember... to get away with a little tiny uh a little i put two little nails next to each other and oh. it worked out because i had a hammer but yeah i started to yes. just i started to just try to dr- uh, drive a screw into the wall and the wall started to like crumble and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, You usually, so if you have, have to hang up something heavier where a nail is insufficient, I yeah. would just back in the day, I would have my dad come over and he would bring the bohr machine and yeah. then you drill the the hole into the wall. Then you put an anchor in and then yeah. Yeah. screws and all of that. But it's tricky for sure. And if you screw up, it's not, I mean, you can still spackle it, but it's not as easy of a fix, it, yeah, of a fix exactly. as in the U.S. So, Which, I mean, yeah. it, it is still common in the U.S. to use anchor, like to use a, yeah, a, yeah. a drill and an anchor and stuff. But it's like but n- necessary here. Doing that kind of stuff like here. So, for example, Ben, we do a lot of DIY stuff. Mm-hmm. And if we have to drill a hole in the wall first, he can just use his regular 
um, Elektroschrauber. Yeah. So like his regular electric drill, that's a screw screwdriver drill. Mm -hmm. And in Germany, you usually have a whole other um, power tool. I think it's called a compact just for drilling. I think it's called a compact drill in English. It, it's, yeah. It's much or isn't stronger. there a hammer drill or something like Maybe that? Maybe it's a also, hammer drill. I forget where exactly it makes what it's like called. the the movements where it just. I don't know how to describe it, but it's not so much like drilling around only, yeah, but it's uh -huh. also, it can do other movements. Anyway, um, that was my last point. <laughs> Back cool. to you, Josh. <laughs> I'll read the, I don't have many uh, left on my list, but um, having a kebab, I'd never had that before in the US. We uh, don't really eat them, at least in the Midwest, in Cincinnati, I don't really mm -hmm. know of any place where you can get like a typical doner kebab. Even yeah. though, like, of course, Germany is known for them, but you find them throughout Europe as well, like just mm -hmm. kebab uh, stores where or places where you can get them. I'd never had one before coming to Germany. I'd had a euro, mm -hmm. um, but not uh, and kebab. Gouros. And gouros, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, really hard to understand by the way that you pronounce it. So many Americans pronounce it like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it euro, sounds like the, like the yeah. currency, uh -huh. yeah. euros. <laughs> I, I don't know what the proper pronunciation is. I'll have to ask uh, some Greek people I know. But but yeah, so having a kebab. Um, what else do I have on here? Hiking to the summit of a mountain. I'm thinking about it. And I think the first time I did that was in Germany, which was a cool mm -hmm. experience. Um, and also skiing on a mountain. Like, yeah. We've talked about that before. And I've skied on a hill, but not on an actual mountain. Yeah. Um, but it's a really cool experience to get to the top of the mountain and, and especially in the Alps and just look and you see mountains as far mm -hmm. as the eye can see. Um, yeah. that was the first experience for me. Um, telling a server directly, uh, how much I want to tip them. Like that was a weird experience for me at first because in the U S we've talked about this, you write it down on a piece of paper or like on the receipt and then they process it later and they look at it after you leave. Um, or if you tip in cash, you just leave it on the yeah, table. Yeah, exactly. But to look at a, a waiter, the waiter tell, or a server tells me how much my bill was, and then I tell them directly how much I want to pay, including tip. That was a weird experience. I hadn't done that before. Yeah, I feel like that would be a huge culture shock. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't have this one on my list, but it just came to me. Um, yeah. But I, using a deposit system for, like, fund. Mm -hmm. um, I hadn't done that before in the U.S. Not only uh, when it comes to like regular bottles that you'll get at the grocery store, but also at like festivals or concerts mm -hmm. or various events where you get like a plastic cup. Um, in the U.S., you just get the plastic cup and then you throw it away. Whereas in Germany, it's oftentimes the case that you'll get a token with it as, as well and you pay. And then when you bring it back, you get the token, or you give the token back and you bring your cup back and then you get a little bit of money back. I hadn't done that before in Germany. Yeah. Um, what else do I have on here? Having my fingerprints taken. Uh, I don't think that necessarily has to do with Germany per se, but moving abroad and getting a visa. Um, yeah. that was a, that was a f completely new experience for me. So now I'm in, I'm in the international database. Yeah, yeah. I had to do that too. Like, I think even if you enter the U S as a tourist, you have to do that. Ah, okay. Whereas I don't think you, if, when you enter the, when you enter Germany as a tourist, I don't think you have to do no, that. No, no, no. Maybe it's changed now, but I, I never have at immigration directly on the border, like had to do that. That's no, I've never heard of that. Yeah. But when you go to the U.S., they'll usually I mean, did they when you travel to Germany, like back in the day and then went back to the U.S., do you like as a citizen always have to do it uh -uh. when you enter the U.S.? Mm -mm. No. OK. I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. So, yeah, as a as a for me, I feel like did they even 
No, I think with Global Entry, they didn't anymore. I don't I think. <laughs> but usually, mo like almost every time that I'm at the border entering the U.S., whether it was on my student visa or tourist, mm -hmm. they always take your fingerprints. And also then they take it when you apply for the visa at the consulate or embassy. Yeah. So there's a lot of fingerprint taking. Lots of fingerprinting going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my last two were drinking, dr uh, drinking, drinking. <laughs> That's a cute word. <laughs> drinking sparkling water without flavor. Mm -hmm. I've gotten quite used to it now and I quite like it. I mean, when mm -hmm. I'm really, really thirsty, I still prefer uh, still water. Uh, but yeah, that was a first for me. And mm -hmm. last but not least, cooking a turkey by myself. Um, I did that. I've talked about how I try to throw a little Thanksgiving gathering here in Munich with my friends each year. Um, but the first time I did that, like the first time I actually made the turkey all by myself was here. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, that is, uh, that's my list of things that I did for the first time after moving to Germany. Cool. I feel like that was a lot of interesting information right here. Mm -hmm. Bunch of things that we had definitely mentioned before, but also maybe a few things here and there that we hadn't really fully yeah. mentioned. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Let us know in the YouTube comments. And I'll also put like one of those question thingies on Spotify um, where you can maybe let us know about things that you had never done before going abroad, visiting another country or moving abroad even. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for to, to Josh for doing this episode after such a long work day. Because <laughs> you were in the office yeah, very it's late. Been a, it's been a very long day. <laughs> like it's close to 10 p.m. for you. Yeah, I'm going straight to bed after this. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. No, um, good luck it. for the. Yes, still. <laughs> um, good luck with the rest of your work week. Your first Thank work week. The good thing is you have a holiday. Today, the, the day that yes. this episode is coming out is actually a holiday in Bavaria. Yes. One God. of many, many holidays. <laughs> so that yes. always comes in handy. Definitely. But no, thank you everyone for listening. And if you have uh, anything that you want to contribute and tell us some of the things that you've done for the first time while being abroad, make sure to leave us a comment and let us know. Yes, and we will be back in two weeks on Thursday. See you Cheers. then. <laughs>